You watch as the car heads towards the lake. Slowly it enters the water. The water rises up to the wheel arch, door handles, top of the windows and then the roof. You watch as it sinks, bubbles, silent. The silent overcomes you. It took longer to sink than you thought. You could have helped, done something. You still can save those inside, but you don't move. You had your story, carjacking. No one would believe a doting mother would ever do such a thing. A carjacking they would believe. They are gone now. He has to take you back. You compose yourself. It's time to put the plan into action. Time to be the scared, grieving mother. This was Susan Smith. And this is the good, the bad and the pure evil. Susan Smith was born September 26, 1971. She is an American who was convicted of murdering her two sons, three-year-old Michael and 14-month-old Alexander, by drowning them in a lake in South Carolina in 1994. The case was huge at the time and it gained international attention with Susan's first claim of a black man kidnapping her sons during a carjacking. This would all be lies. Her attorneys would call upon people to give testimony that Susan had a mental health issue and that her judgment was impaired when she committed the horrific murders. Susan was first sentenced to life in prison, possibility for her parole in 30 years. She's eligible for parole in November 2024. She sits in a prison cell at the Leet Correctional Institution, South Carolina. So Susan didn't have the most stable of homes growing up. Her father took his life when Susan was just six years old. Susan herself would attempt to take her own life at the age of 13. Her mother would remarry a man of the local Christian coalition chapter. Later it would be found out that he molested Susan when she was just a teen. A news article would suggest that sexual assault was ongoing until six months before the murders of her sons. She graduated in 1989 and Susan would once again attempt to take her own life when an affair with a married man ended. She would survive and go on to meet and marry David Smith. They would have two sons. The marriage wasn't great. A lot of distrust, allegations of cheating would have them separate multiple times. October 25th, 1994, Susan would report to police that her car was carjacked by a black man. She reported that he stole the car and drove off with her two little boys still inside. The following nine days, Susan would make dramatic and tearful pleas on national TV for her sons to be returned safely. But with an intensive investigation and a nationwide search, Susan would eventually confess on November 3rd, 1994. Her confession would state that she let her car roll into the John D. Lake with her two boys inside, drowning them. As to the why, it's reported that she did it to facilitate a relationship to a local businessman named Tom Findlay. Before the murders, Tom sent a letter to Susan ending their relationship because he didn't want children. Susan wouldn't admit to this saying there was no motive, no plan, she was simply not in the right state of mind.
Later, it would come out that detectives never believed Susan's story. The police always claimed to have had suspicion that Susan had murdered her two sons. By day two of the investigation, the police started to believe Susan knew where the boys were and they were hoping the boys were still alive. With searches in full swing, they would search lakes and ponds, including John D. Lawn Lake. Here they would eventually find the little boys' bodies. At first, the search didn't find the car because it was believed that the car was within 30 feet of the shore, so they didn't look beyond that. Eventually, they went out beyond the 30 feet, finding the car 122 feet from the shore. With the boys missing two days, both Susan and David were given polygraph tests. The breakthrough would come from Susan's description of the car tracking location. Susan claimed the traffic light went red, making it so she had to stop at an intersection she claimed was empty. But it was discovered that this light would only go red if another car was there. This didn't add up with her story as she stated no other cars were there when the carjacking took place. She also failed to polygraph. With the mounting pressure, Susan finally broke nine days after the murders. The prosecution in the trial wanted to fully convict Susan to the full extent of the law in the murder of her two children. It was even requested at one point during the trial for the death penalty. July 22, 1995, the jury threw out the death penalty request after just two hours of deliberation. They didn't see the death penalty fair to a really disturbed person. During the trial, Susan's lawyer would request a lenient sentence, stating she suffered enough. This didn't sway the jury, and they sentenced her to life in prison based on her confession alone. She would be eligible for parole in November 2024. Her actions have scarred the area of South Carolina and will never be forgotten. Susan's unforgivable deeds have had an enormous impact on a place of God-fearing, law-abiding citizens. The citizens at the time hung yellow ribbons on their doors as hope to find the boys. When Susan admitted the murders, the townspeople were furious the ribbons were changed to black for mourning, some were blue for the boys and some were white for innocence. Flowers were left by the lake. The children in the town were held tighter than before. Thousands were in shock at how someone could be filled with so much despair to go and commit such a horrible murder on their own children. Many African Americans would also be upset that Susan would describe the imaginary abductor as a black man. The case didn't change the law or the legal system, but what it did do is wake the people up to the reality of evil and deceit within your community. Because of the incident, programs have been opened throughout the US and Canada to provide support and assistance for troubled families. Thanks for listening to this short tale. Next time I'll be talking about Elizabeth Cady Staten an American writer and activist who was a leader of the women's rights movement in the US during mid to late 19th century. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil.